Sensual hallucination experienced daily by billions of legitimate operators in every nation, by children being taught mathematical concepts, a graphic representation of data abstracted from banks of every computer in the human system, unthinkable complexity, lines of light ranged in the non-space of the mind, clusters and constellations of data, like city lights, receding into the distance. The Internet. Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast, where we take you beyond the margin, behind the scenes, and deeper into the stories. I have with me, as always, Chris Thompson, my co-editor and co-host of Beyond the Margin. Welcome, Chris. Nice to be here, Mike. Yeah. Today, we embark upon a journey through cyberspace, and en route, we will search for answers to questions we must begin to ask about ourselves and about humanity in these ever-evolving times. We live in a unique moment in our history. We are surrounded by rapidly growing technology, while at the same time, we have rapidly growing global dangers. And because of this, we have an extraordinary opportunity and a responsibility to use these wondrous technologies around us to make the world a better place. The internet, it it connects us to the world. It gives us access to unfathomable amounts of information and education. But this digital tool can also be used for evil. It can become all-consuming, and that which has the potential to bring us together can just as easily tear us apart. And so, it is up to us to find out what we can do to properly and safely find a balance with these technologies, and figure out how to steer them towards the type of world we want to live in. We must approach the internet and social media consciously, aware of our place in it, and we must discuss amongst ourselves how to best use these tools. We must have this dialogue, and we must, must approach this newish and growing frontier with care. And we must do it without snobbish superiority, as that is one way we are most certainly sure that we will lose. According to a 2010 study of eight to 18 year olds conducted by the Kaiser Family Foundation, Today's teens spend more than 7.5 hours a day consuming digital media. That includes watching TV, listening to music, and playing video games. But it has also expanded to encompass new forms of media, like surfing the web and social networking. Extrapolating that daily number out to a week adds up to over 50 hours teens spend consuming some form of digital media. And that was back in 2010. While some of that time could quite possibly be spent surrounded by friends, 
we find ourselves wondering if today's teens are actually interacting with them on a deeper and more personal level. The rise of social media and the always connected global citizen with a computer in their pocket is on many levels absolutely amazing and a wonder of the ages. But a lot of this digital interaction involves a more one-on-one -on -one exchange between the teen or individual and a digital device. A more personal experience between a person and a machine that ultimately focuses the individual away from the people and their surrounding and inward into what the digital device offers them. Escapism, voyeurism, flattery, vanity, but also knowledge, beauty, and joy. And sometimes, unfortunately, along the way, a window into hurt and pain and suffering. It's a double-edged sword, the technology that we wield, and these teenagers and the generations behind them are the keepers of humanity's flame. And with these ever-shifting times, where something is in one day and out the next, consumed by the rapid crush of information and innovation, it is up to us, those with the loudest voices, and the desire to see our society and our world persevere and thrive, to speak up about responsibility and balance and empathy for those around us, and to be a loud voice in this digital maelstrom affecting our lives. So today, we are here to discuss the internet, and in specific, social media's role in defining and developing the way in which we live. We aim to discuss topics that revolve around the cultural norms we witness amongst diverging generations, those born before and after the rise of the digital age. We will talk about online identities, the possibility of intimacy through digital connections, and celebrity and privacy in the digital age. And we will find out once and for all if my partner in crime, Chris Thompson, despises social media as much as I believe he oh, does. Oh, Mike, you're too funny. <laughs> for this podcast, we have enrolled two enigmatic minds, well-versed and enduringly reflective on the multitude of ways we interact with each other online. So without wasting any further time, we want to bring them in and attempt to gain, gain some insight on where we are and where we might be going. Today we have with us two prolific writers, artists, and entertainers. We have Chris Campagnoni, who is a journalist, model, poet, actor, and a teacher. He has written a novel entitled Going Down, released two poetry collections, and he teaches a course called Identity, Image, and Intimacy in the Age of Internet and Celebrity, making him the ideal guest for our conversation here today. So welcome, Chris. And, uh, and we also have with us Alan Fox, who is a writer, director, and performer of, this, of the sketch comedy show, Why People Do the Darndest Things. And he recently did a TED Talk entitled Letter to the Internet, which dissects and questions our generation's cultural norms in regards to the internet, making him, too, the ideal guest for this conversation. So welcome, Alan. That TED Talk rocks. No, I appreciate it's, it. It's Thank really, it's awesome. Thank you. So in that TED Talk, um, you state that I don't like the dialogue that we are having about the Internet. I feel there's a group of people who like to say that the Internet is the downfall of humanity. And there's another group who have been so indoctrinated in the Internet that we're almost not aware of what it's doing to us. So, which is well said. So it's about that dialogue, which... Uh, which I think that's what we're here for today, to have that conversation. And um, Chris, when we were talking, you, uh, and, and I know Alan responded to this as well, you said, in order to critique a topic, you must be involved. How can you know enough about a culture if you don't participate in it? So I guess to start, 
how do you guys participate? What's, uh, what's your life on the internet like? I mean, I think there's always a push and pull, right? There's a seesaw, and I think Alan identified with this as well. And I think we all can identify with it, and especially when you are creating art and also active on social media because you never want to compromise the artistic vision. But at the same time, at least I've found that it's almost as if I'm, I feel compelled to meet people halfway. So for instance, traversing both the fashion industry and something like the literary realm, for instance, I'll find that because of our cultural norms and the emphasis we place and the value we place on image, um, that I'll get a lot more attention, a lot more likes for something like posting, you know, a picture of me in my underwear. (laughs) What can I do with that now? I could put an excerpt that's relevant from going down. And in that way, maybe get people interested in the art um, but first catching, of course, their gaze. Is that gaze. something you do? You use your image to... I think that's something I've done. I don't know how well I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's something that I was very conscious of. If I was going to marry all the different things that I was interested in, I had to get people involved in one way. And I think, um, you know, not, not surprisingly, I think that a lot of people have come to the art after the fact and, and really gotten something out of it. And I think Alan's been able to do kind of the same thing with that play. I think one of the things that Alan and I talked about, especially after the first time I was um, an audience member for, for, his, for, Alan's, show. for yeah. Alan's show, was that this is stuff that everyone thinks and not too many people voice. Mm. So I think the dialogue that we're having, you know, that's ongoing at Across the Margin and what's What's happening tonight is a great thing, if only that we can acknowledge these almost unconscious cultural norms and things that have become cultural norms and not painted in a black and white thing as to like, you know, the Internet's evil or the Internet's, you know, the most amazing thing in my life. But just be conscious of the things that, you know, maybe occur on the implicit, intuitive, unconscious level um, and and reevaluate those. Yeah. Um, I guess being conscious, conscious is the uh, the point because uh, I'm I'm going to quote you again if you don't mind. Sure. In, in, in the, uh, I'm sure Alan enjoys that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very it's quotable. Stuff, you can't man. actually see my face turning red. Yes, yeah. so that's fine. It's happening, guys. Uh, we are all participating in this thing many resent. I always feel like I'm in the ocean, being pulled further and further from shore, and I don't try to swim against it because I'm so busy commentating on it. So just like you were saying, Chris, it's it's something that. We're almost, not I mean, just the general we, but people are so wrapped up in what's going on that we're not consciously taking a look and talking about it. So I guess that's why you and both you guys are. That's why, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, personally, I think that this idea of having it one way or the other is much bigger than the internet. Yeah. I mean, this is a bigger cultural thing. Technology. We have, I think it's every, I mean, yeah. I think we right now are in the, and maybe I'm just too young to know that it was like this in the past, but, and by the past, I mean, over the course of 100 years but like everything must be polarized now and it's almost like you must pick a team and yeah. that's politics and that's any issue it's like we can't have it's it's any sort of you know it's like the police stuff going on it's anything it's like we can't have a complicated discussion yeah. we have to pick a team yeah, and it's like the aisle and go yeah if, if you're not on my team yeah. then you're against my team and I think that is the way we talk about the internet I think it's the way we talk about everything and that's really what I, I like about what we're doing here is trying to be more of if we could, you know, just be okay with being both the bad guy and the good guy at yeah. all times. Yeah. Because what I find so fascinating, it's like, 
We love TV shows now with complicated sort of protagonists. Like we, everyone talks about, oh, like the anti-hero is the yeah. big TV character now. Yeah. Yet no one wants to be that person in real life. And I find that fascinating because it used to be everyone wanted to be John Wayne, the always mm-hmm. the good guy. But now I feel like we love Don Draper, we love Tony Soprano, but we don't want to be them. We yeah. want to be one way or the other. Yeah, and I don't pick want to be Walter White right now. Right, right. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's just a bigger cultural thing, actually. I totally agree with Alan, and I think that a lot of what Alan mentioned with our reluctance to kind of muddle the discussion with really good, complicated gray areas and to dissect it and reevaluate instead of just picking a side, I think it's a, it's also found. I mean, it's a byproduct of how much of a culture of curation we are. I mean. I teach a class on intimacy. Nowadays, that's a cultural norm. You can go on Tinder, you can pick a girl 25 to 29, five miles away from where you live, um, and you can really curate your preferences, even on something like dating. You could do the same well, thing is, in terms that, of... Is, I mean, I know we're not trying to do the good and bad thing, but is yeah. that something that is so special about the connectivity of the internet is you can truly search out people that are truly compatible with you. Absolutely. And I think even Tinder... Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Tinder. Yeah, no. We're no. kind of an example. I mean, me and Chris, we met via the internet and, and here we are now discussing, but you yeah. would say. No, and I think that's important to, uh, to identify these things and look at the positive and negatives. And I think just um, what I was getting at is that in a way, we are unnecessarily or maybe unconsciously, hopefully unconsciously, reducing our options. I feel like we're limited... And we're limiting ourselves um, in the sense that even news today, how many times have you seen the 10 best things you can do on a Thursday night in Williamsburg? I mean, everything has been reduced to a list. And it's almost, if this was written five years ago, it would be satire. Just the same way that cultural norms have changed and shifted in such a way that on Facebook, now it's normal to see your neighbors or best friends, like cousin, taking a shit for the first time. But five years ago, that would have been insane. We would all laugh, right? And I think it gets back to what eventually becomes unconscious in terms of our behavior and what we consider normal um, and the after effects of that. Seeing my cousin's first shit on Facebook might be what gets me off, actually. Yeah, I'm like, that might be the thing that pushes me off Facebook. Like, my cousin's on there. Taking a selfie. I mean, that's Porter trending. Right. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. It's terrible lighting in this porta potty. I gotta wait. I mean, I want to jump in on that fact and just say that I think the definition of normal has changed so much, and it's changing every year almost. Like, it seems like it's moving so fast that we can't keep up with it. I mean, it's just like. The, the fact that there was, the culture is like on demand, we're so connected, the world's so smaller that, you know, what, back when I was a kid, you know, what was normal persisted for a long time, and now it just seems like what is normal is over and done with before you even get used to it, you know, and I, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, and I just, I mean, do you guys have any sense of uh, yeah. thoughts on that? And I think it's, imp- I think what you just expressed is a good, it's a good, um, emotion to have, it's just that it's not necessarily good or bad, like, Mike, you pointed out a great, you know, fact, which is how we even met for across the margin was because we originally found each other on the internet and there's good that comes out of this and I think it's actually important to understand to, to just make that first identification Chris which which you did which is that things are changing rapidly now let's try to understand it right um instead of instead of right away jumping you know to conclusions or jumping to sides and not really analyzing 
uh, what's at stake. You know what I mean? Right. I feel it's hard to because it, it doesn't persist long enough these days. I mean, things are just, they're so fleeting and they're not as tangible as they were in the past because they don't really exist in anything that you can actually quantify or define, you know? It's not something you can hold in your hand and measure. It's just it's something that exists in the ether and it's floating around between computers and, you know, it's not something I can look someone in the face and say, we have, we have a connection, we have something that we can measure and talk about and we can weigh it against something else, you know? And I, I, you know, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, you know? I, I'm still sort of undecided, but maybe some people who are smarter than me have thought more about that, you know? I don't maybe think, you guys have, you know? No, I don't think people know. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, I, I think about, I mean, I think about all the time how important timing is in life. Right. And it, and it sucks because we're powerless over it. Right. Like, we didn't choose to be born right now. Yeah. You know? But we were. And so it sucks, but we're guinea pigs in this experiment. And and I, you know, going back to the... Every time I start talking about the internet, I start talking about waves. And I don't know why, because yeah. I'm not that poetic. But it's like, <laughs> it's like I always feel like I'm caught in this wave just being drug out. Yeah. And sometimes I think about wanting to swim back. And sometimes I think about wanting to swim faster. And it's like, you know, you asked about how are we complicit in this. Man, I go in cycles of self-loathing versus like, oh, I have to be doing this. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like, it's like, uh, what was the movie that Aaron Sorkin wrote? Uh, on the book, the Michael Lewis book, Moneyball. Moneyball, yeah. We've basically moneyballed our lives where we've sort of quantified everything. Sure. It's like you talked about you can get more light. I mean, you know how yeah. disheartening it is to put, I mean, I was, I think maybe I, I mentioned an email we were talking about or whatever, but I, I mean, just to be honest, it's so disheartening to work on something for a long time or, or see something you think is some sort of, like I took this, and it's, you know, I'm not a photographer, so it's probably stupid, but I, I took a picture one time of people taking pictures of themselves in Times Square on the big board. Yeah, and I was like, this is the most meta thing that's ever happened. Because there's a group of people standing in the rain taking a you picture can go there of right themselves. right now and on, take that yeah. picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I don't begrudge anyone for doing it, no. but I was just walking in the rain, probably, you know, listening to something you too moving to admit. Like, 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 <laughs> little cold play. And I put it up and I like, thought, of the most, I thought of the most meta tag or uh, post I could think of. And it just like, it's like as a tree falls in a forest, is any, no one comments, is anyone here? You know what I mean? It's like three likes and like one person like accidentally liked it or something, you know? <laughs> but then you put up a picture of, and like Chris, you know, I work in fashion, I'll put up a picture of just randomly something, it could be from four years ago, yeah. it could be from yesterday, it's, you know, something Blows in up. a catalog that no one's ever seen, yeah. and just people hit me with like back to back work, way to go, yeah. blah, 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 And I'm so think, you know, it's like the, the girls from high school, you always wanted to notice you, they like yeah. it, and you're like, you know, that's right, like that's not, yeah. but <laughs> at the same time, that's so disheartening, sure. because that's nothing to do with anything other than just, you know. Like Luckily, you yeah. fell into yeah. it. Right? It doesn't yeah. teach you anything. You don't learn anything from it. Yeah, right? like, and, and no I think value in it. Absolutely, I think Chris, you're you're hitting it on the head there because I think what I found, and it's funny that Alan, you mentioned the you use the word or the term experiment because I found that and this was the first year that I created the course on intimacy and the internet. Um, so for me, it was an experiment over two college campuses, over three classes, over seventy six or seventy seven students. And I think that I found, I just, I learned so much from my students and I wanted, and it really, the hypothesis was, is what I feel and like what Alan feels, is that across the board with a slightly, with among the same millennials, but a slightly younger set of millennials, you know, 20, 21 year olds. And I found that they, at the beginning of the semester, like any student, they were maybe reluctant to admit these things. And then by the end, they were on board with, with like identifying all these different things and processes that they were both experiencing and also conscious of so, like others. What you're saying, they weren't thinking about it initially when they started, when you 
It was like, you know, uh, get the ball rolling, and then I didn't even need to help them. You gave them the blue pill, man. Exactly. And I think, and I think, Chris, what you mentioned about how so much, I think, of social media interaction, the norms today, is such a one-sided communication in that no one even cares if anyone responds to them, if only that it's, you know, some innocuous life that means actually nothing, right? Instead of... I think the future, if we're going to change, if we're going to identify what's wrong or what's right, or just identify the the different factors of of our day to day communication and social media today, and see where it, where it could be in five six years if it's going to exist um, in a pro, any any kind of proactive interaction, it's it's going to I think require that the norms change to to the point where people are actually collaborating, like you know how we collaborated. Um, with across the margin and and to do more things like Kickstarter or like there's a website called patient like me in which people can share their stories about you know sickness and people can get something out of that rather than just putting up a picture and it's like a like you know what I mean and so I think one of the things that I've been able to do or, or or endeavor to do is like kind of try to meet people halfway so that if you're going to look at a photo of me you know, in a speedo, <laughs> at least you're going to also read an excerpt from the novel that I wrote. You yeah, know what I mean? I, th- and I think that's the best way to approach it because then it's not so polarized. It's, there's a there's a middle ground where you, maybe you're doing something by interacting with that. Maybe maybe that like has some actual real world value. Exactly, recontextualize that one sided right. exactly. communication. So it's not just you're just blindly clicking on things that don't mean anything. You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure, but I mean, we're definitely talking about you know the bad, bad the kind of mundane. Sure things that are out there, but when I look at my Twitter timeline, for example, which I've carefully vetted to be artist and just journalist, and what I'm looking at is just a a complete list of uh, of mind-blowing ideas, people sharing, you know, I'm learning a lot, It's, it's, it's like... It's, 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 and I think that's where I would want the norms to, because like, yeah. let's be honest though, that I, I, I use social media in the same way. I think my wish is that the norm would be that more people start to curate their social media in that way. Yeah. Right now, I mean, I don't think I'm no, being a negative person here, but I would say that that's not <laughs> that's the not case. reality. I, don't yeah. think I, think, I, I actually think that something you said earlier, you were talking about how there's so much that, you know, things are changing so fast. And I think that has a lot to do with, I don't think we're evolved enough at this point to take in how much information we're given. Yeah. You know, like there was a time where, you know, like I I was just sitting here before we started and I was looking at all your books, you know, and I was thinking about, it took me a second to get to each one and read the title and process what it was, Mm -hmm. but I could read that many tweets in 30 seconds, you know, and it took me 10 minutes while you guys were setting up and stuff to be like, oh, Zadie Smith, yeah. that is good. That, that sort of thing, you know. But on Twitter, I'm just my fingers are cramping. And maybe you're not even reading it; you're just looking at it. You're just right. You're not even like crossing. You're just visually looking at right. pictures and words, not even the whole thing. It's right. only 140 characters. And what I what I think that I, I I think about this a lot. What that plays into, and it it's actually I, I just I in the in the one person show I did, there was a a piece about a guy who is basically admitting to a therapist that his girlfriend thinks he has a problem with porn. Yeah. And to me, porn is a much bigger sort of signifier of a lot more going on. Um, and we just did a short film version of it that we're working on. But uh, the idea that there's always something better 
You know, it's like in, you're always looking for the next video because that's going to be yeah. the video that like makes what I'm about to do worth it because at the end, I'm going to know that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess I feel like Twitter like that too, where it's like, oh, that's neat. But I don't want to click on that link and invest the five minutes of reading it. The headline's neat, but there's a better headline a little bit further down it's, my it's, it's Twitter that, sphere. Uh, it's that whole thing with too much choice too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be... I, I look at what's uh, the Netflix videos. Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I can't watch something. I'm right. like, no, no, that's not good enough. That's right. not good enough. Right. Like, half right. the hour goes by. But you right. fall into this hole where maybe you're, nothing will ever be good enough. It's, it's right. the allure, it's the draw, it's the perception that is out there, but it's never really out there, I find. You know? Yeah, it's we just, create that, yeah. that illusion. And I think two things. Chris, I love that you mentioned the allure of something or, or fabricated lore of something because um, when I teach the section on Instagram, there's you know, there is such a thing as Instagram envy and it's a big thing and people will be sitting at their computer or sitting wherever they are with their smartphone and and really getting depressed over their friends' Truly newsfeed, not angry. realizing yeah. that the friends that are posting those pictures of, of glamour are also doing the same things, right? And, and, I, and I also like... Mike, what you what you mentioned in terms of too much choice, because I teach one section on, you know, the modern day hipster and comparing the original hipster as being Jay offered proof rock. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he had too many choices. He couldn't decide. And I think in New York City, we feel that more perhaps than other parts, at least of America, North America, because we are inundated with choices anyway. But social media only exacerbates that. And I think. Um, one of the things I did find when I was briefly on Tinder before I met my real organic, real life connection <laughs> girlfriend, who I love very we'll much. When we see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not <laughs> hey, Alan, Alan's yeah. met her, right? Yeah, right. But, yeah. but I will say that when yeah. I was on Tinder and I got a good story out of it, I got a story that that is forthcoming called 51st Dates, a Tinder memoir. <laughs> One of the girls that I dated um, briefly, she, she, I, she, she said that, and that, you know, cause it was my first time meeting someone on tinder and she had she's a tinder pro she said wait wait till you go on a few more dates you'll see that you start to devalue the person that you're meeting on these dates because there's too many choices and i said you know what but i'm not like that and even i found that because of the amount of choices and the fact that you can just meet up with someone else in some ways when you're absolutely yeah i mean and that's something that i that i understood and identified with in terms of the fashion world but i never thought about it in terms of intimacy and i feel that that's also a norm that's that's been shifted right. in the last I mean, it's, whatever it's, five it's six really years. real you know like i mean like you redefine like the idea of what real is i mean like i feel like everything is just so uh curated and like posed just right to suggest a certain idea of who you are what you want someone to think exactly but and, and then you go into an expectation and it doesn't meet that and yeah. then you're left being like well i just got gypped like what the exactly heck? You know? so, and I, I'll, i'm not trying to say these are all negatives but i mean like you know it, it's a component of it and how do you sort of not let that become the over, you know, reaching sort of, you know, part of it. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you balance How do you negotiate that? that? How do you exactly. negotiate it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, I don't know. what I was always fascinated, I mean, just going back to what you're saying, what I'm always fascinated by is, was it ever real? Yeah. I mean, I always think about this. It was all a dream. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe totally. <laughs> right. Uh, but we, I mean, I think about the clothes you wear, right? Like, we're talking about hipsters. You present an image. Yeah. Is that different than the image I'm presenting online? And I think about, you know, when you were talking about how we use social media, you know, you put up pictures and you'll put like a link to an excerpt from a book or something, right? Yeah. Me, 
the sort of way that I try to navigate my own self-consciousness is I try to sort of undercut something with a joke if I'm posting something that I see as possibly pretentious. Yeah. And then I start thinking, is that any different than when I used to dress up and my friend, you know, if I like, if I wanted to look like I'd showered or something, yeah. right? So I shower and I dress up and then when my friends see me and they give me a hard time, I'm like, but but you know, I, I try to undercut, you know, it's just a defense mechanism, right? Yeah. My defense mechanisms have now transitioned to social media where I undercut everything with a joke. I, if I, if I'm trying to say anything serious, I have to try to think of what I think is a clever way to get at it because I'm too embarrassed or I'm too shy or I'm too whatever to actually say it. Yeah. So I wonder, has any, are we just, I had a teacher, um, a religion teacher in, in school and at Hunter College and I had a religion teacher who said that the real genius of everything that people are doing with technology is they're taking away what the, the insecurities that make us human. And personally, I think taking we, away the insecurities that make us human. You know, you look at wow. like you know the most nerve-wracking thing about sitting here with you guys yeah. is I'm going to say something stupid. You know what I mean? It's like I, I don't have time to type it, erase yeah. it, type it, erase it. I don't have time to filter do that. it. I'm just talking. I'm definitely right? not going to cut it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is going live. Yeah. That's right. That's how it was organic, before, yeah. baby. That's how it was before the internet. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm old enough to remember that that's how you interact with people. I went yeah. to high school when the internet was in its infancy. Right. I mean, if I uh, most of the things people share now, I would never tell anybody. Right. You know, like and people are just laying it all out. You know. Yeah. Like I do think that people now, crazy. Um, people now, like kids now, the younger generation, I don't think they view privacy the way we do. They've been yeah, on Facebook yeah. their whole life. They've been on Instagram. Yeah. Fuck it, man. They're out there. You know, privacy, like, privacy is a moot thing today. Yeah. And I think for better or for worse, you have to accept it. And, and I tell my students, come up with a social media strategy because... <laughs> There's no such thing as privacy anymore. I mean, it's so, but it's true. And I, you know, you can actually go online and see uh, Alan's, uh, was it nephew taking a shit with their first I mean, but it's true. We both are allowed so much access into other people's lives and we also grant that access. So at a certain point, I don't know when you wanted to pinpoint it, the timeline of events leading up to the fact that privacy is dead, but it really is. Um, because even if you're not participating in social media, there's some, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how companies learn our secrets. I mean, if you ever wanted to know what the internet thought of you, just check your spam folder, right? (laughs) The internet has feelings too towards you. (laughs) Uh, but what is that? I guess what my question is, is it different? Is it, is it new or is it just a different version? Because I think about like yeah. what what you know like of course like if if Mark Zuckerberg wanted to know what I eat for dinner like I'm sure he could figure out right yeah but what I'm telling people via my social media account I know I, I've had conversations with people where their their view of me via just Twitter and Instagram or whatever is very different than their view of me once we speak in person or once we interact right is that different than I mean the celebrities in the studio system where they were sort of selling this phony PR to build these images. Is this just the evolution of that? And now we're all in the studio system trying to craft these images? Is it different than what we wore or who we... I I don't think it's any different. And I think that... Actually, I love that you brought up celebrity because the other end of of my course I teach is about a culture of celebrity worship. And I would say that in previous years, we worship celebrity. Today, we replace celebrity with ourselves. We're celebrities, right? And we could be celebrities and we are celebrities on, to a certain extent on social media. Um, that being said, I think that like you mentioned and you identified that social media and insecurities go hand in hand, right? Social media makes it acceptable to ask me out online. 
you don't even have to talk to me. You can, you can follow me as much as you want or as little, right? So all of the insecurities implicit in any kind of interaction are removed. So that's, this could be a good thing, right? But also that being said, that goes to show you that all of the things we're identifying, these are intrinsic human qualities that have existed since probably the beginning of mankind, right? Social media has only act exacerbated that. It hasn't created it. It's just exacerbated. Yeah, celebrity it. is not a new thing. I mean, people used to freak out about the gladiators in, in Roman <laughs> yeah. times. Great, you know, it was, it's, it's, there's signs of it in Greek culture. And, and the flip side, that's, that's really shaming. cool what you just said about how it is the flip side now that you can, in your own way, become that celebrity. But it's not, you know, celebrity... The celebrity culture of and that pervades the internet and the new, I mean that still exists, but that's always existed. Yeah, right. but I mean, it, there's a danger to it too. If you go too far, you can absolutely become your own worst enemy, and you can get you can totally get shamed, and you can just be you can be ruined. You yeah, know? and that's like the, I think that's the flip side of yeah. celebrity worship is public shaming, which yeah. also exists since you know the beginning right. of yeah. time, and it just exacerbated via the internet. It's just you easier know? now but because of how we interact. Yeah. You but know, anonymously. If we're questioning, if we're questioning if the mundane things we do on the internet makes it real, why don't we question right. is the public shaming real? Because if you turn um, off your phone, like if, if you, if I tweeted something right now that was controversial, I mean, you know, and my my eleven followers got pissed <laughs> off. Like, no, but if I tweeted something right now, and then everyone was upset or somehow I got publicly shamed, if I turn off my phone, no one's shaming me. It's not real. Or is but it, it real? But it does it's become real because like a lot of people have lost their jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they say, and then they go with, I mean, not that you were, because you were playing almost devil's advocate, right? Or, or, right. Yeah, or yeah, presenting yeah. a hypothetical situation in yeah. which you were publicly shamed and also um, bullied online. But, <laughs> but, but the thing, the fact is that pe then people lose their job and they're like, but, you know, it was a tweet. And that happens so right. often because they don't realize that although we'd like to think that all of the very private interaction we have is private, we're doing it in public. And people don't, People don't put two and two together or one and whatever the saying yeah. is, and they don't realize that all of this private interaction is actually being done in public, you know? It is. Um, it's uh, so much of, I think, the things that I learned that by teaching in the class is that a lot of the things we're identifying are almost like on the face uh, oxymorons or like that they, yeah. they're self contradictory. They're contradictions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, 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 it's really interesting how these these kids are being born to this world where they are giving these tools to so easily broadcast themselves and they don't fully understand the consequences and because they never know anything else. And I, I think maybe some of us who were born, let's say, in the 70s, you know, have this ability we can understand a time. When or even earlier, the, the, the sweet spot, the sweet as, spot. as Alan put it in his right. TED Talk, where you do see the before and after. The before yeah. and after, right. And, 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 and you can judge. You can, you can, you can say, well, you know, I know what it was like before this, and so now I can take what I'm doing now and run it through that prism and say, I, is, this, is this right, you know? Yeah. Is this going to be a, a positive for me? Sure. Because I break my old values from the 70s, you know? danger of becoming the old man on the front stoop. Sure, sure. Like, yeah. I don't want to be that person. Day. I don't want to be that person. And, 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 and <clears throat> things are progressing so fastly. It's, I mean, this exponential yeah. technology growth that that, you know, that difference isn't going to really matter at some point because it is what's happening now. And, you know, we talk about kids looking down on their phone. It's, I mean, 
how far are we from? Yeah, I know Google Glasses didn't take off or anything, but like, <laughs> how far are we from them nailing it? In, no, it's in always a regular, like that. In yeah. a regular pair of yeah. glasses that you know looks good, people yeah. are gonna buy that. Yeah. And, and you want to talk about all of a sudden the Twitter feeds on their face. Yeah. Yeah. This is the reality. Like, we're, we're not far from it. Yeah. Whoever yeah. tries it first always like set. It's like the MP3, the iPod, the, yeah. all these. Like, whoever they yeah. try it, they don't get it exactly right, and then Steve Jobs Jr. Right. Or the <laughs> third comes in. Right. I'm what telling I, you guys, this is this is how yeah, it works. That's a joke. Well, yeah. What Chris was talking about in his class that I really liked whenever he was telling me about mm-hmm. it is this idea. I was thinking about that David Foster Wallace quote, and I don't mm-hmm. want to butcher it, but it's like the idea of like the two fish and the bigger fish is like how's the water, and the two fish oh, are like what's water. That's like that graduation speech. Yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah Chris is, is the so big good. fish, yeah. and, and you know what I'm saying. And the, and the young, I don't. I think maybe why at the beginning of the class people are hesitant is because they don't know they're in the water yeah. because they don't know about it, you know? And, and what I hope doesn't happen with the internet, which is what I feel like I see a lot, is people understand water while they're in college, probably because they don't have as much to worry about or they're, they're in a, a certain point of their life. Then they get out in the real world and it's like, well... Look, we're in the water, so we might as well just forget about it. Exactly. I hope that I feel like that happens with so much. It's, it's my hope that doesn't the, happen with the like internet. But I sort of, like I worry that yeah. in ten years, Chris is or the next Chris is teaching a course like this, and people love it. Yeah. You know, but and, and Chris is like the head professor telling him, <laughs> "Yeah, I like this, but do something different." But yeah. uh, you know, it's like. I just hope it doesn't come to that point. And that's yeah. what that's what worries me about it, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think Go that's ahead. why it's important that we have this discussion, why, Alan, you have the, the, the sketch comedy show, why I think I'm very conscious of the fact that all the work that I produce, whether it's prose or poetry, is in a way reacting to this and trying to reevaluate without taking sides necessarily. Because I think... In the end, did an amazing job of that. Just kind uh, of like, thank look, you. Look, look, you know, look at this. Let's talk about this. It's, it, without taking sides, go on. Yeah, first. no, and that's yeah. exactly. It. I mean, if if my one my goal in teaching is the same as my goal in this discussion and my goal in writing is just to create a dialogue and to make people more aware of the things they're doing, and then they can judge, right? Whether or not they really want to do it, whether they want to participate, whether or not what they're doing is quote unquote good or bad. Um, and it's just to foster critical thinking, to think about the situation that you're in and then do what you want with it. Right. Sure. But I think first you need to identify that. Um, and I think hopefully get the ball rolling here and, and elsewhere. And I think hopefully the cultural norms do start to shift because of that. Yeah. You can only hope by exposing, you know, the, the, the issues with it. But, uh, it's, 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 it's tough to say where it's going. Yeah, at the where, risk where of you guys sounding think like it's Captain going? Planet yeah. <laughs> promo. <laughs> but yeah, which see, I was born in. So I would say I, I have the sweet spot because I was born in '85. So yeah. that's why I can teach about it. You know? yeah. <laughs> For those of you who didn't get the Captain Planet reference, oh, come on, I don't want to know that person. <laughs> Me so I, 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 I sometimes wonder, at least on Facebook, am I just like holding on to this nostalgia for the past because I, I was born in 1977? You so, have a bit of a backlash towards this. I don't and, think and, and, I, I don't think us three have. You know, I, I don't think really guys have this. You know, and I came late to social media. I didn't join Twitter until I became involved with Across the Margin with Mike. So I'm only I'm only like less than two years into it. I don't have a Facebook account. I was never on MySpace. I, I wasn't. I, I just started an Instagram. Missed account. out. MySpace was the jam. And you know, like, and like what <laughs> I'm saying, like literally, I came up. Well. I came up with. I remember eight tracks in my dad's car. I remember like cassette tape. I remember buying my first CD. I remember like you know 
CD burners, iPods. I come up through all of it, you know, like, you know, and now I'm in this world where like, you know, technology is everywhere and the world is at, just at my fingertips. And I'm just like, but I remember what it was like without that. And I'm trying to hold on to that and I'm trying to run everything that I do through my life through those old, old perspective, but I'm finding that's getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit jaded about it, I think, you know, because like I want to move on, but it's, it's difficult because I'm so, that's so much who I am growing up with having this perspective. I think on that's the world being funny with smaller. you in particular, being yeah. a scientist, a scientist. It, it could be. I mean, I, I, you. I, mean I, you. I perpetually just analyze the world and I run it through these different like views that I have and these different prisms. So it could be that. It could be who I am, but I'm sure I'm not alone. You know, but I definitely do not want to become like no, the, old man, us, the old man on the porch well, waving the cane saying, yeah. "Get off my well, yard." Even you know, us I who mean, use it, and I know you mentioned this. Yeah. Even us who use it a lot, there's, there's, mo- it, we resent it at times, and yeah. there's times and you I've go through your you timeline, yeah. you're, you're kind of yeah. disgusted so with the thing. whole thing. I, yeah. I wonder a lot. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know in my in my own life, and maybe you relate this, maybe you don't. I don't know what I resent about it. Is it the change? Is it just change in general? Is it actually how it's changed? Because again, like I'm always, you know, maybe you came across, maybe it's not, I'm always playing devil's advocate with myself, you know? So it's like, am I, do I not like technology because it's tech, do I not like the changing technology? Do I resent it because it's changing technology? Do I resent it because it's just change? Do I resent it because it's changing so fast? That's what scares me more than anything. I think that's what scares me. That's because you can't, I mean, like you said, there, it's like you got to cover so much ground now. It's it's like you know. I felt like I came to Instagram late. I felt like I came to, mm-hmm. came to certain things late. And now I'm like, if I'm, I mean, Periscope. Have you guys read about Periscope? I was going to talk about that. Right? Yeah. yeah. My girlfriend, you know, pointed it out to me, and I started reading about it, and I'm like, I'm already behind. Yeah. And I hate myself for thinking that. There might, there sure. might be a new Periscope. They, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> and that's the other thing. The kids are pushing all these apps. The, the, all the new apps are just because the the. 12 to 18 year old teens are the ones pushing the, the boundaries of this, you know, because they're the ones who are most socially engaged, you know, and it, it was, uh, uh, was Snapchat, yeah. you know, and, and, and then now there's Periscope, and you know, I, I'm, I have no, I'm, I don't know all the other ones, I'm sure they're out there, and I feel, I'm turning red now, I don't know any ones, but, 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 but I will tell you, the only thing I know about Periscope is because I watched the boxing match that was on HBO through someone's Periscope feed, so, so, I can see oh, the man. I, I can see the power. Man, man, this camera is shutting it down right I have a newborn baby, so I'm watching on my computer on my knee. Like, so it wasn't like you know, like I had to have it up on HBO, you know. But right. I was keeping it quiet. But but I, I, I see the power in these these things, and these young kids are pushing the envelope, and then it expands out from there, I feel like, you know, and it's, it's the same thing with, like, pornography, you know, like, yeah. pornography is pushing the, the technology of the internet in the same way that this, this youth is pushing the technology of social media, you know, and, like, you know, I think those are positive things, but, you know, I worry that, you know, too much, too much of our children will get caught up in it. Isn't there something reasons, special you know? about instantaneous information, though? You can see the, uh, what, what's happening in real time on the other side of the world and see how it affects you. I mean, like, this is... I think if you use it wisely, that's why I th- uh, that's why I'm so invested, too, in social media. I think because I really just want people to identify all aspects of what they're actually going, what they're doing, and how they're participating in it, in, in, in the hopes that because there is so much beautiful things you can do with social media and with the Internet and with technology that you identified... And I would just want, I just want that to be the norm, how it's yeah. used. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's the hope. And, and if so, and, and yeah. I was, you I was, could watch boxing matches, <laughs> but you don't have it, you know? 
And if that is the case, that. that is the norm. That is uh, I'm not the pirate. There's, there's, <laughs> Sorry, I admit it. There's no doubt that <laughs> yeah, that's going to bring yeah. us together. I mean, it, 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 at its best, it can bring us together. Right? So, yeah. It's a. Ama- I mean. You I'm know, an optimistic we're, person. I think. Well, I think so. No, but you hear what I just yeah. said. Yeah, I have the internet to pull us all yeah. together. Yeah, but, but in, in the internet's defense, like we're lucky to be having these problems. Sure. Yeah. I heard someone sure. say one time, like in my pocket, I mean, my my screen on my iPhone is cracked, and I have as much access to information as like Reagan had. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I've been graduating college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. and I have as much information as Ronald Reagan had mm-hmm. when he was president. And the question is, what are you going to do with that? Yes. yes. I mean, well, and, and that's, something I want, that's something I want to bring up because, and not, not to be stuck in the past, but I remember when I was in grade school having to go to, like, the Dewey Decimal System to pull out an index card yes. and go to a stack and find a book. Well, now I can just download it and have it on my iPhone with yeah. 10,000 other books. Yeah, and, but, like, like 10 feeling. years from now, yeah. we're going to be talking about, like, whatever's going on here. Which is why we need to do a letter to the Internet 10 years later. Exactly. Yes, exactly. We will and it's going to be being a dollar we're gonna let's do it over Skype though. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be Skype. Skype. No one will like know. Skype it don't have to be called. Yeah. It don't have to be called email to the internet. Yeah. Because by then letters will be so outdated. Yeah. 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 People don't even know the word. Let's just say text message to the internet. Yeah. yeah. A stamp will cost five dollars. So, right. you know? so AOL group it's, chat yeah. to the internet. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> so I want to put you on the spot a little bit and take a little break. You, Chris, yeah. on the spot a little bit and take a little break from. Um, Conversation, but uh, for this project, for the, being released with this podcast, is going to be some poems and some some other fun stuff we have planned. And um, I have one of them here. Um, can you read it for us? Absolutely. Right, Which this one? Is, uh, millennials like me. Oh, okay, that's a good I'm, one. I mean, okay. I'm a huge fan of this. So this sure. Chris with millennials like me. Millennials like me, like a lot. Something I'd have to get used to. I thought. The minute they'd found out where I was on Facebook. I mean, my students shouldn't send requests for friendship, exchange endorsements, state of affairs, or some mark of status about the latest bathroom sink they'd captured their face at. Hashtag F4F, so fresh, so clean. Comment on the curve of my unclad torso, even though... We share the same generation, almost the same date of birth, give or take a decade. Millennials like me and you, this kinship. Imagine the surprise, such wisdom to be lifted in the cliff notes of every lesson I've ever given or forgotten to prepare. That's higher education for you. Speak loudly and make it up as you go. The way Google tells me more about myself each time I Google my name. I find it hard to believe, or at least try to keep in mind, remember as a reoccurring alert. I had a girlfriend who went to all my poetry readings and would spend the hour on Instagram. How can we be in two places at once and nowhere at all? Natural, no filter, to be removed, passed or slipped through slowly half suspended like a gif, a gift that keeps on giving diminishing returns without any proof of purchase. The other day, for instance, I asked my students, what's so good on the internet that's better than real life? And they went to the internet to find out. 
if God created the selfie stick to make it easier for people to take selfies, what are the chances God can make a force field to protect other people from the ones walking into them all the time? No one tells the time by looking at their wrists any longer. Like the time I came an hour late but stayed to see the credits. It happens again and again. A single silent column of text slowly slouching toward the exit. Whoever said that was the way to go? Be your own person. Your mother's words. Your loved ones. Your friends. If they jumped off the GW, would you do it too? A memory mistaken or missed in innocence. Would you follow me to the end of the earth? Would you follow me to the end? Would you follow me? Would this end? Right on. Right on. Thank, Thank you. you very much. You're welcome. I want to put you on the spot, but I think that's fantastic. So, winding down here, um, let's get some clothing, closing thoughts from both of you guys. So, with you, Chris, in your chorus, and Alan, in your, in your talk, and, and all your performances, what, um, what are you hoping for people to walk away with? You know, what, what, what realization are you, are you hoping they, you know, come to when they hear you at, at school or even perform your poetry or you, uh, you, you with your performances? I think, uh, I guess I'll take it first. Just sure. what, you know, sitting in a bar actually with a Tinder date after I saw Alan's first, or the first like show that I saw. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, we're doing actually, this is a Tinder this is, program. Yeah, this, is a <laughs> this is brought to you by <laughs> Tinder. Yeah. Uh, keep playing question mark <laughs> no, but, but, in, but in all honesty the, um, I think kind of what, what Alan and I were talking about in a bar right after I saw the sketch comedy for the first time why people do the darndest things and it was really just that that no one talks about these things we all feel it though and I think that's like Chris when you mentioned like I don't want to be like the old guy on the front porch like you know with a news rolled up newspaper in my hand like yelling at, but I don't think we come I don't think you come, first of all I don't think you come off that way but also I think that the, that's the fear right that we because social media teaches us that we have no more insecurities right but the fact is we do and that's a beautiful thing right so to be perceived as different or to be perceived as like to, to the perception that I'm the only one that feels this way is so dangerous because in reality we all feel a lot more of the same things that we don't actually acknowledge and we don't maybe realize that but I think if there's one thing that that I hope people come away after you know hearing this talk or hearing the poetry or reading the books that I have that I have out um, is just that you know what this guy feels just like I do and maybe there's something to that no doubt yeah yeah no I I completely agree with what Chris just said Um, I mean I think it's weird because you write or you create or whatever and basically what you are is like an egomaniac and you're just wanting to be heard right you want people to hear what you have to say Right. Look at me. Look um, at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're screaming yeah. on the top of the mountain. Please pay me attention. Right. And also, you said in one of the you know, you're you're uh, authenticizing your existence. Right. I exist right. out there. I yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I just want someone to let <laughs> me know that. that I'm alive. Yeah. yeah right? That's <laughs> what we're looking for. Yeah. Sounds like a quote from a Tom Hanks and uh, Ryan movie. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean that. But but I guess you know, like what Chris said, I, I like what I like about art is that. 
it's a two-way street and that I present something and you bring your life to it and, and hopefully, you know, I can't control what you get out of it. Whatever you get out of it is going to be basically what you bring to it. But I, the, when Chris just read his poem, the line about I had a, I had a girlfriend that went to all my poetry readings and she spent the whole time on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may not have exactly got it right, but I love that. Not because that's ever happened to me, yeah. but because I can relate to you it. it. And so like I bring my life to it. I get yeah. that and I come away from it. And it's, it's yeah, you want to know that you're not the only one feeling that. And okay. I think that hopefully as an audience and yeah. as a performer, right, or whatever, that's em- what you're hoping. Em- empathy is powerful. Empathy no, is no, key. No people, yeah. Yeah. people are going through what yeah, you and, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I think that technology <laughs> and the internet are uh, amazing things for us. You're not the villain here. Bro. And for our culture. <laughs> yes, I, 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 do want, I, I do want to say, I, I, in my mind, I, I have this image I can't escape, and I just see, like, all of us were penguins on an iceberg, and we all looked exactly the same, you know? And we're all shouting out loud, you know, look at me, look at me, I just want to be me, you know? And it's, it's hard to be yourself when everybody's saying the same thing, you know? And I, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, that, you know, we, we owe it to future generations that we teach our children how to be themselves, you know, in this world where everybody is trying to do the same exact thing, you know? And, and you know, that's really my point, you know, my goal. Of and, you know? and, and the way to do that is to keep this conversation going. Yes. Everybody out there, keep this conversation exactly. going. Um, so before I say thank you and goodbye, uh, any upcoming readings, Chris? Any? Yeah, where, I'm where, doing, where uh, bringing the show to Astoria. Um, where? I actually should know the venue. I don't know the venue, but I, it's in Astoria. Cool. So that's pretty, I feel like Queens is like just, a scary just, place. Just go to Astoria people, and you'll find Yeah, it. go to my website <laughs> <laughs> on events and... Yeah, it'll be there. But um, uh, but yeah, and then I'll I'll be doing another one at um at Barry Poetry Club. I think uh, toward the end of summer. Yeah. I actually do know the venue for June sixth, yeah. which is a Saturday. I'm doing uh, in like a lovely like apparently it's like facing the view of of the Hudson River. Um, yeah, in Red Hook, there's. There's some, see, I'm not actually very helpful. Yeah, so I, go to Red if I had a smartphone, you're listening right now and you have a smartphone, so yeah. just go to We're my We're going to put everything yeah. on the uh, website, yeah. too. And, but that's uh, June 6th. So. Chris has a novel going down, poetry collections. Um, they're called In Conversation, and one is Once in a Lifetime, which I couldn't recommend more. And Alan, where can everyone find you? Where do we um, see this uh, see show? I need to see a show. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be at the next one. We'll... Uh, Unfortunately, it's going to compete with Chris's reading on June the sixth. Uh, but uh, mine's during the day. Mine's at four. Uh, you can do a double so, header. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we should. The letter to the internet team. You'll really be sick of the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they, me and my uh, my partner David Garlick, who we put on the show together. Um, he's a really talented guy. Um, June six, June twenty something, other Saturday nice. in June. Then we're going to move to Thursdays in July and August. It'll awesome. be two Thursdays a month. And all at the Treehouse. Yeah, all at the Treehouse, and yeah. you can follow me on uh, it's Alan Fox on yeah. Twitter and Instagram to find out more. And, and you, Chris, stuff. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm just at Chris Campagnoni. Yeah. I'm very see the internet actually loves me because I'm the only one <laughs> in the world with my name. Your favorite so. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be it's my next. The internet's favorite person. A memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, thank you guys a lot. Thank you. Really this is awesome. Great having yeah, this really perfect talk. Um, and we are going to close this out uh, with um, Alan's TED Talk. We're going to be able to play it right after, right after this. So thanks again, guys. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. And now, to close this podcast, Alan Fox's spoken word performance of A Letter to the Internet. Does it look like I'm wearing black and blue or white and gold?
No. No, but wait, so isn't that crazy? Like, how crazy is that? All of you knew what I was talking about. Did anyone not know what I was talking about? Don't be bashful, it's okay. Okay, so everyone knew what I was talking about when I asked that question, right? How did we know? The internet. And that's amazing. I mean, I was, I was in my hotel room last night at 11, 11.30. I was like this, desperate for someone to tell me I existed. Waiting, waiting, waiting. I went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning, and now everyone knows about the black and blue dress and the white and gold dress. That's fascinating to me, right? So when I got the, the prompt about inquiring minds, and I knew that I was speaking about language, I wanted to talk about communication. Okay? And the future of communication. What makes me curious about the future of communication? And it's the internet, obviously. Unfortunately, I have to go after Brett, and he basically said a lot of great stuff, so I'm just going to piggyback on what Brett was saying. And um, I guess it starts with, personally, I don't like the dialogue that we have about the internet. I feel like there's one group of people who like to say that the internet is the downfall of humanity, and then there's another group of people that have been so indoctrinated in the internet that we almost are not aware of what it's doing to us. And I'm in a weird sweet spot because I kind of grew up a little bit with the internet. I mean, the, the World Wide Web started, I believe, in 1992. I've sort of come up with it. I remember when there were dial-up modems. I don't know if you guys, yeah, some people, some people in the front are shaking their heads. I remember that kind of thing, right? I remember before smartphones, I remember all these things, and I've seen how it's changed me over the course of, uh, over the course of technology changing. So what I want to do with you is share with you a piece that I wrote about that. And it's basically a letter to the internet. And then we'll talk some more after. But uh, it goes like this. Dear internet, I'm from the Facebook generation. So why do faces feel foreign? And why are my fingers crossed for friend requests to help me feel important? I mean, I know according to the news, you're bringing us all together. But between me and you, I'm feeling lonelier than ever. See, we're connected by this social disconnect that intersects along your information highway, social sort of hideaway. Private windows pull up, but privacy is gone. I'm talking to the world. Why am I sitting all alone? Now they tell me it gives me freedom. But I'm just feeling like a slave. Because you got me chained to this telephone that whipped me into shape. You got me grazing out this mini feed that I can't help but watch. Now tell me how to be unique when every comment's in a box. I mean, yeah, I put words on walls. I don't feel attached to them. I mean, smiles are emoticons and laughs are just acronyms. <laughs> I'm so desperate for connection that I crop and filter faces, take pics at the coolest places, and label them with amazement like, look at me. That's me and my squad popping bottles in the club. <laughs> now click that thumbs up if you want to be just like us. But how many likes does it take till love? I mean, I never really felt it. I guess I ain't got enough, right? <laughs> I mean, my ex-girl's status says she's coming into town. My next girl's a Tinder match a couple clicks down. The girl I'm with now? Yeah, she's smiling beside a dude in a pic from 2010. And when I text and hit send, does she wish that it was him? I don't know. <laughs> But yo, Twitter's like my closet. Hashtag brand name. Hey yo, my bio lists my causes. I participate in change. YOLO's the new polo. It's a pound sign game. And we gonna change the world with these retweets, man. Right? 
I mean, hey, let's get this tragedy trending. I can't just sit back in silence. I don't condone all the violence. I want to comfort survivors. I support all those marches that I see in the box. And I would be there. But, you know, there's like 26 cat videos that I've been meaning to watch. <laughs> Hey, but yo, I'm gonna share this article that captures my thoughts, and I'm gonna unfollow anybody who acts like I'm wrong, and I'm just waiting for a celebrity to speak their mind, I'll get them taken off the airways, one retweet at a time, because I'm hashtag a hero. Or is that just this passive activism? where we sit and list off conditions we wish were no longer risk and convince ourselves that we're fixing problems right out our window by typing into a window a slogan a catchy symbol see can it all be so simple i mean i sit and wonder what would mlk do because if you only type a dream can that dream come true you swap a million man march with a hashtag mark hit enter keys in the dark and think that you did your part I don't know how can you even blame us when clickbait got us shook. Because every morning I'm afraid, first thing, but I look. I can't find me a politician who ain't insane or a crook. And why does every winter storm need a name and a hook? I mean, if I want to find a blog with facts that Obama's Satan, they're able, willing, and waiting to give me misinformation. If I want to find a blog with facts that Obama's God really won't be that hard, I got my Google search bar and I dive into the self-fulfilling media, traveling on Expedia, deals on Wikipedia, star wife beaters, dirty pics of Selena, conspiracies by Katrina, I'm live streaming Serena, I drown into these TMZ features, copping these Jordan sneakers, threats from justice believers, hate from the Catholic preachers, WebMD and my diseases, and Jesus, if another link tells me I won't believe this, I will scream. <sighs> oh look, there's 43 reasons how I know I live in New York. <laughs> but wait, I can look out my door and I know I live in New York. So why don't I? Why can't I stop rubbernecking on this information highway scene? I'm a tragedy porn fiend making Kanye memes. I done seen so many terrorist guillotines on my YouTube screen. I need key and pill scenes just so I can feel clean. I mean, that's why I binge on Netflix till I'm numb. Like, what does it all mean? But maybe it's just the new normal. So let me formally say, I'm not one of these old heads that wants to throw you away. I've seen them dudes on the news, and you know I get a laugh or two. Because when you point your finger at the box, your Skype finger's pointing back at you. And then I wonder... Back in the Middle Ages, while printing pages about saviors, could Gutenberg see the places his Bibles were going to take us? Maybe a revolution, maybe just an improvement, maybe would be solutions, maybe just more confusion. Maybe he sit and wandered, pondered, wishing and waiting. Maybe he was scared of the future he was creating. Maybe he was uncertain, maybe he was debating. See, maybe he's just like us. And his relationship was complicated. <laughs> I hope so. That makes me feel better. Across the margin. Across the margin. Podcast.